0: Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show.
1: It's the ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel America's number one sports book right now. You can check out the new and improved parlay hub filter by odds, sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all in one page. Plus start betting on the explore page and the pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the slash RG.
0: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like...
1: Welcome to another episode of the ringers Philly special shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak ace producer Cliff Augustine we have to start the show with the big news got out the tape measure this morning 27 and three quarter inch arms I got sure I'm a t-rex Ben Solak I don't have long arms.
2: Next time we're together, I'm, I'm, I'm double checking. I don't believe you measured it. You measured it correctly. I'll be interested to see. The idea of me having longer arms than you is fascinating. I don't <laughs> agree.
1: Well, my wife is uh, much more comfortable with the tape measure than I am. So she actually broke it out. But she oh. was also, t- but, but, but she was taking my instruction on where to start, where I actually yeah. Googled this morning, how do you measure uh, a- NFL prospects? arm length yeah and you and get, you get one, all those photos of those guys yep. is it like here is it here i'm sure we're on video so i'm yelling at so you. so it's t- it's like where it's where the scapula ends
2: but i'm not good at the figuring out where scalpula? that is yeah that's okay. the shoulder blade um okay. and so like i don't know like where the round of your deltoid ends that's kind of i think where you're supposed to start it um i
1: did it like here does this look yeah. th- does this look right or not right here
2: I think it's got to be closer to your neck than that, to be honest. Oh, but okay. I, yeah. So maybe I did I, it It might wrong. be a bulky right. hoodie. It might be a bulky hoodie. <laughs> we don't know.
1: All right. Well, we, 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 this will be a recurring uh, storyline on on Philly Special that we will do in the weeks and months ahead. When I see Ben next, I'll have him measure. That's that's going to be great. Like, you know, what TikTok content for Ringer NFL, you measuring my arm length. I'll we'll do that. Yeah, I've oh. got, I got
2: the, uh, the series right now coming out on the quarterbacks. And in, and in one of the episodes, I measure my, my arm length live yeah, on the screen beautiful. A, that videos yeah. on, on the Twitter. There we go. There, we're doing the content.
1: Check that out. All right. Here's what we're doing today. Ben last week was asking me for some draft takes. I said, Hey, I need more time. Give me some more time. So I've got some draft takes today, uh, uninformed, uneducated, sure to be wrong draft takes that I will fire off at Ben and he will tell me whether I'm nuts or whether he's on board. Some of them are about a lot of them actually are about players we've already talked about, but now I have more firm opinions. Then we're going to end the first segment, Cliff Augustine. What it's been. What a tease by Cliff. We're getting ready to record. And he goes, I have one prospect that I'm all in on. We don't know who it is. So we're going to find out who that is at the end of the first segment, the official Cliff Augustine prospect for the Eagles in the 2023 draft. And then the second segment, you sent in more of your draft questions. We will get to some of those. Of course, Ben, I was thinking next week we do, a, we each do a little seven round Eagles only mock for the pre-draft episode. What do you think? Yeah. You down with that?
2: You got to do okay. the seven round mock. You got to get that, yeah. that sixth round pick, that developmental Love tackle it. out of Northern
1: Michigan. It's got to be done. Somebody nailed Jack Driscoll a few years ago. I'm not going to name names, but all right, let's get started. Draft take number one. Now, I'll just go with the one I mentioned at the end of our last show, in case people didn't listen. Uh, I was stunned with how much I loved Jalen Carter. Like one of the, I thought, best defensive prospects I've watched in recent years. Uh, I see the upside. If you hit on this guy, like you're talking about, potentially like defense game record, defensive player of the year uh, type prospect here. He moves different. He can win with strength. He's tossing people. Uh, he's winning with quickness. He can do it all, and so. If the Eagles are good with his character off field or whatever. And remember, Drew Rosenhaus, they're not taking visits to teams outside the top 10. Some people, myself included, assume that Rosenhaus probably got A from the Howie Roseman. Don't worry. If he's at 10, we're absolutely taking him. I would be good. And I actually think it might be the best case scenario if you land Jalen Carter, even if you have to trade up. To seven or eight, I don't think you're going to be picking this high for a while. Uh, it's a premium position. It's a position of need. You need blue chip players on defense, young blue chip players. I absolutely see him uh, as that, and so I am all in on Jalen Carter's film. If they're good with the other stuff, I'm good with them making a big move to take Jalen Carter. What do you think?
2: Yeah. So yeah, so Carter to me ranked as the best player in this class just off of film. I Compton to Indominus Sue. Who Obviously, Sue came into the league, had a double-digit sack season from defensive tackle, which was really hard to do, one defensive player of the year, and then pretty consistently churned out five, six sacks from defensive tackle while also producing double-digit TFL numbers for like five, six seasons. It just, it's, it's plug and chug, right? It's When you get this guy in his prime, like you said, it's a game-wrecking defensive tackle. It's a high-impact player. Uh I don't like the the trade up conversation is interesting to me. I don't really thought too. And we much do about have
1: that. a question on we do have a question on that later too, so we can talk about it yeah. uh, more then. But you, you're not sure whether you how aggressive you'd be for him. You're saying,
2: yeah, just because I I don't know if the juice would be worth the squeeze. Kind of depends on who else is on the board and depends on uh, what calls you're getting about ten. As I've stated a lot, I'm a big proponent of the trade back for the Eagles first round, and so I haven't given too much thought about a Carter trade up. Uh, but this is again like this is a talent that I think. Reasonably goes top three, top five in a lot of classes. Has fallen out of that range because of character concerns and also because of the quarterback density, right? So just so many teams at the top that need a quarterback, and there's there's this urgency to go get quarterbacks. He's getting him to fall a little bit. So you get a guy who I think is typically going top three in most classes. Like Ndamukong went in three overall. He's probably maybe top five. because He's a defensive tackle. You're getting him at ten. It's it's good business, right? That 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 that's how you keep a, a contender chugging along, especially when you've lost some talent you had to put in some veterans in that position absolutely
1: okay next take now first i need a reminder from you you give me your uh, devin witherspoon christian gonzalez you liked witherspoon a little bit better you didn't like him better you liked him a lot better remind me i know you love witherspoon but i couldn't remember exactly how you compared him to gonzalez
2: i have witherspoon ranked just a just a hair above gonzalez like from uh from like a dispositional perspective i really like the way witherspoon plays like i like rooting for him a lot uh from a, from a rangy perspective, like where this been obviously gets knocked from the size a little bit, whereas Gonzalez gets bummed for the athleticism a little bit. So I have those two guys as, as, as the clear top tier corners. And that second tier is Keely Ringo, Deontay banks and Joey Porter jr.
1: Okay. Let's just get to two of my, uh, corner takes here. Well, let's start with the guy you mentioned Deontay banks. I'm in. I'm in on Deontay Banks. I wasn't sure I hadn't watched him when you talked about him on the last episode. I mean, sticky and coverage can run athletic. I had seen some stuff that said his film wasn't as athletic as how he tested. Uh, I thought he looked really athletic on film. He can press. Uh, I feel like he's a really interesting option for the Eagles right now. Grinding the mocks has him going 21st. They kind of look at consensus draft boards. If you're trading back from 10... To whatever the late teens or whatever uh he is a player i think you would be happy with if you were the eagles deontay banks corner from maryland where do you think is like where do you think he's gonna go where do you think it is hey it's too early to take him here uh no he's not gonna make it at this spot like where do you see him kind of coming off the board
2: yeah so it's interesting after the after the combine i would have told you yeah like top 20 you know maybe top 25 he visited the Bills today. He's visited the Saints. He's visited the Vikings. He's visited the Giants. He's visited the Eagles. So that's like back back half of the 20s into the early 30s. He's also visited teams like the Steelers, 17. Titans, who are at 11, but then, you know, uh, uh, top half of the uh, the second round. Commanders, who were there at, at what, 19, 18? Commanders somewhere in the teens. 16, um, yeah. Yeah, 16, right. Texans, who again, early, top of the second round. So it's weird. Like, it seems like his range is dialed in on like late twenties and could potentially be around there for the Eagles who he has met with and have the pick at 30. I think that's outstanding selection for a player, this athletic, this successful multiple year starter got great film against like really good receivers. Watch that Ohio state game, watch the Michigan games. Like I think, I think that's awesome. Um, but that's just kind of reading the range in terms of who he's visited, which is not an exact science. Uh, you know, that that's, that's, fall into a lot of traps that way i wouldn't be surprised if if he's uh in that second run of corners that goes where the spinning Gonzales go quickly and then you have Jordan porter jr you have deontay banks i think that emmanuel forbes out of mississippi state is a guy's kind to of talked about back in around one i think that he's in that i did that not run. like him
1: at all emmanuel forbes i mean do you like him
2: he, he I, I weighed in this morning at 161 he weighed in the combine at 166 what are we talking about I just you can't put I, on didn't a even, football
1: field. I, I didn't even like his film. I mean, I thought because I generally I think I more than you am willing to overlook some of the measurables, and that's probably a, a flaw, but it just we I feel like when we talk about these guys, that happens. But I was just watching him going, wait, what are people really excited about? I mean, if you watch like his whole thing was he had a bunch of interceptions, right? I mean, if you watch that Eight, interception six, reel, yeah. It's, it's, it's as unimpressive of an interception. Like these are just horrible throws. These are plays where he's getting beat and a quarterback makes a terrible throw and he comes, uh, with an interception. I thought his change of direction, uh, I was not impressed. I thought he was getting smoked. He was whiffing on tackles in the open field and all this for a guy who is what, 166 pounds. So yeah, I was not in, uh, on Emmanuel Forbes.
2: Yeah. So that, that grouping though, I think is your, is your second corner running banks is somewhere in there. Where exactly he goes, I'm not sure, but like the percent chance that he's around late 20s and then into in pick 30, 31 for the Eagles, like it's not zero, which is yeah, very nice. Would love a Deontay yes. Banks at 30.
1: So, so it could be a 30. It could be a trade up a little from 30. It could be a trade back from 10, but I thought he was an interesting player. Uh, I saw Gonzalez and Witherspoon a little different than you. I liked Gonzalez- uh a good amount better than witherspoon i just felt like gonzalez just i can throw him out there at corner if it's third and six and i need to play man coverage i feel good about it i thought he was unafraid his athleticism shows up i didn't see him in the targets i watched uh get beat deep at all everything he gave up was a slant i think he gave up one fade for a touchdown that was like a contested catch Uh, i don't think people Yeah, I don't think people are going to run past him. Um, I just felt really good about Gonzalez. I think he would be an absolute fine pick at number 10. You get him. You can play him at corner for a while. He's got all the tools. He can get better. Uh, I love the Witherspoon play personality like everyone else. I mean, Sheldon Brown-like violence from this guy. Uh, He's smart. He's feisty. Uh, I thought, I think there are some physical limitations with him with the size. He didn't look as athletic to me as what you would expect from a kind of top flight corner. I know he ran fine at his pro day. Um, but I just felt like there's more of a possibility that he's going to give up some bigger plays. Guys will run past him. Uh, he'll guess at times. And so it's not that I don't like Witherspoon. I do like Witherspoon, but I felt like for me personally, there was a, a, a gap there between which guy I liked more. And I liked Gonzalez, uh, a good amount more than Witherspoon. All right. You disagree. Okay. Here's the guy I can't, here's the guy I can't decide on Ben. Nolan Smith. I cannot decide on yep. that one. I mean, tough. I see the upside. I see Hassan Reddick. I see the athleticism. And then I'm just like, man, this is a lot to overlook. 238. He weighs 238 pounds. He had 11 and a half sacks in four seasons. He was already injured last year. And then I know you got the, what his, uh, got that dog in him ranking is what to most of any player in this class.
2: No, uh, where are the best. higher.
1: But, but yeah, okay. Smith, Smith is Maybe an, an, an inspiring young man. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, an inspiring He's quite young. something to so, watch. I don't know. Where are you? Like, like, they just sit at 10, turn in the card for Nolan Smith. What is your reaction on our post draft pod?
2: I will get it. I won't <laughs> love it. Uh, okay. I have Nolan Smith graded as the 30th best player in this class. Uh, Interesting. At, yeah, at 10, that's a reach. Now it's a reach for a highly athletic player at a position of need with a size profile that you have proven you can work with. So as far as reaches go, I can get it. I can get my head around it. Uh, like, I, you tell me they pick in Nolan Smith at 10, I'm not even the least bit surprised. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like that, that yeah. tracks to me with, with, with Philadelphia pretty, pretty clearly. Um, the other thing is, and I don't know where the Eagles land on this, the league is kind of, uh, the league and I kind of split on this, I'm personally of the opinion that this is not a great edge class. I don't like a lot of the options afterward. And so like Nolan Smith, who has like a fringe round one, round two grade for me, like, all right, like, yeah, go get him in round one. There's not a lot of guys afterwards. The league tends to have the opinion, just in terms of like reporting what you see leaked, that they like a lot of the edge options. And when you start to get to like pick 30, I think there's there's a lot of of end of round one guys that have been rumored. Will McDonald out of Iowa State, Keon White out of Georgia Tech, Felix Duque Uzoma out of Kansas State such that the Eagles might not feel like, oh, they have to go get this edge guy at 10. So I would get it. I wouldn't be over the moon. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be curious to see what happens next. Not the worst pick they can make. Definitely not the best.
1: Who's the Northwestern guy that I saw? I think Tony Pauline said the Eagles really like. I haven't watched who
2: I Who I gave the Eagles him uh, in my most recent made-up mock draft that I just posted on Twitter. He's a 280-pound player. At
1: 30? Yeah, at at 30 at game. 30 okay go he's ahead He's
2: 280 pounds he split time at edge and at defensive tackle for northwestern he can be a nice player in some of these under fronts that decides going to run where he plays like i always say on the inside shoulder of the tackle so not really like a true edge kind of like playing a defensive tackle position but really wide he's nice for that role i can see them really liking him there he's a great athlete they're gonna love him for that in terms of actual talent i've got some questions but, you know, we, we, we'll work on that. We can develop the young man. It's okay.
1: Adi Tamiwa Adibare. That is the uh, pronunci- uh, pronunciation per Dan, Dan Brugler. Are you sure, I are you, sure you got out. that last name right? How did you say it? Adibare.
2: I thought it was right, Ad- it because it's B-O-W-A.
1: I know. He has literally in capital letters B-A-R. There is a W in the actual name, though. So I don't know. Blame uh, oh. Dane, who only put in about 17 million hours of work on the uh, wonderful beast. If I I've got this name wrong.
2: Uh, I've been saying uh, Aditamiwa Edibawari with my chest on a lot of podcasts. I've been, <laughs> you asked, I asked ask my wife, I've been walking around the house muttering Aditamiwa Edibawari, Aditamiwa Edibawari, Felix and Duke Uzoma. So if I've got this wrong this whole time, I'm going to be devastated.
1: First of all, your poor wife. No one should have to live with someone doing that uh, around the house. I don't say that. No, no, no. She's usually not here. Okay. She's
2: at work or something.
1: Okay, there you go. Uh, wow, ran four four two eighty two and ran 449 uh, <laughs> to combine, uh, let's see, 12.5 sacks in 33 games. I don't love that. But again, I, I have not done work uh, on this guy, but I have his, seen his name getting a little bit of bus, all right. I wanted to come. I really wanted to take the opposite side of you on Kalijah Cansey because he's generally my type of player. Uh, but I, I wish I were more more blown away with what I saw from Kalijah Cansey. I was not, I, and I'm, yeah. and I do have the questions about whether what he did well in college will translate to the NFL. He can only win with quickness. And for those who who are not draft next, this is a defensive tackle from Pitt who's six foot two eighty one with short arms. Uh, his just film wasn't as impressive as I was expecting. Like, is he going to be able to blow by NFL caliber guards on a consistent basis and rush the passer? Uh, I was unsure. So it's not that I hate him or think he stinks. I just think like, if the, if the size is a big outlier like that, I want to be able to watch him and be like, who, I don't care about the size this guy can play. And I couldn't quite get there with, uh, with Kalijah can't see the defensive.
2: Yeah. Top. People like. Like, there's always like, oh, if you watch, like, his best film is so good. And I'm always like, I can't find that much of his best film, man. Like, I find it. Yeah, that's how
1: I kind of felt. I thought I was going to be like, oh, baby. Because, again, that is my kind of player, undersized defensive tackle, who's just smoking people and making plays in the backfield. But I'm like, eh, you know, okay, kind of, but not. uh, I couldn't get there completely, even though the numbers are good. And he's a great athlete. All right. Do you want to guess who my favorite running back for day two is
2: uh we don't we don't talk running backs too much no we running. don't yeah tell, i don't and i don't, tell, I don't know me. that okay. i have wait, a type wait, 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 wait. okay uh tell me some running back prospects you've liked in recent years this is good it's like the newlywed oh, man
1: day. i don't know i would have to i would have to like look i like i i'm not like you i don't have like this encyclopedic library i can't even remember okay, okay, okay. Back prospect <laughs>
2: you like uh, you like undersized players and you like guys with juice i know this guys with juice
1: is probably one yeah i like i like a tackle breaker i need explosive plays from the running back uh those are probably you know the the only things that i really stand by
2: i have my guess
1: okay who do you got
2: devon Chain out of texas
1: a&m no it is Ty J Spears.
2: Oh, I love back. Ty J. I
1: think you <laughs> no, cut that late. deep. Oh, I should have <laughs> known.
2: I was talking with Coach Flynn about Ty J. a few weeks ago. I should have <laughs> yeah. known he put he'd he make sure you watch some Ty J film. Oh, he's so good. Uh,
1: I loved him. I mean, 5'10", 201, running back from Tulane. My first note was, this man has juice. I mean, you just watch him. Explosive cuts. Makes people miss. Breaks tackles. Makes something out of nothing. I mean, they're unblocked defenders, and it doesn't matter. He's making a positive play. Out of it, he's a physical player. He's not, you know, he's finishing runs. um, 15, uh, 1,581 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns last year. Averaged 6.8 yards per carry for his career. Dane Brugler had him third round, 73rd overall. Eagles pick, what, 62nd in the second round. Man, you plug him into that backfield, I would be very, very, very excited about watching Ty J Spears on film for this team next year. How do you rank now? You got what, a you got Charbonnet. Here, let me look. You got uh, Tank Bigsby, you got Spears, uh, how did you kind of, how do you kind of see that group? Like who, who would you love to see the Eagles land, uh, on day two of the draft? If, if they take a running back, which I, I think there's a pretty good chance they are going to take a running yeah.
2: back. So I, I listen, I love, I love me at Ty J. Spears. He's so fun to watch. You heard, you are the joy in my voice and you brought him up now. <laughs> he's got a lot of mileage on the tires, right? Uh, this is true. Uh, 427 career carries coming off of 229 last year. He had a major knee injury in college. And from what I understand, he also had a major knee injury in high school. And accordingly, he's got injury red flags with teams. And so I've got him ranked just below Charbonnet. I've got him ranked like top 70, top 75 player. I'm not sure he goes there. Uh, I I think, Yeah, I think
1: Jeremiah had a tweet that said, I'm trying to find it here. He said something about there's a running back who is going to fall because of... uh, of a medical. So I don't know that that's him or not him, but as you mentioned, he has had had some injuries in his past. It could
2: be. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would guess it's Ty J. Uh, Okay. Which is a shame. Great player. Uh, I don't mind the Eagles taking him at all. Right. I just think you're going to be able you're not going to be doing so day two. I think you're be more likely doing so early day three. Uh, Now the talent is great, right? You just got to dodge injury, which tricky game to play. But if you like, you know, you got Boston Scott back again, he's been a great backup for you. And you like Kenny Gainwell. You're kind of in a spot where, and you, you already have Rashad Penny. You've proven that you're OK bringing in a guy who isn't necessarily going to play 17 That's games true. for you. I don't mind it too much now. Like, you know, all of a sudden it doesn't it doesn't hassle me as much. Uh, and so I, I, I very much think Ty could be on their board and I'd love the pick. I just there, there is a little bit of a, an injury worry in terms of long term. I would be surprised if he became the bell cow back for seasons to come, maybe for a season. And then it's kind of how, how long does he stay on the field? delightful little player the holy yeah uh, the, the comfort in the second the third level there's 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 those you know we got to whisper this because it's too it's too rich but there's those LaShawn mccoy moments where he's just kind of you know interesting vi- oh dude dude, the, the third level cuts the way he's constantly working back mm-hmm. against the grain and and he and he's he'll he, he has that one move i think it's against ucf where he gets into the third level and he ends up in such a weird and contrived cutback position where he cuts back backwards, like back towards the line of scrimmage. And you're like, oh, I remember LeSean doing that. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to do that, but it's sick. Uh, he's so much fun to watch.
1: All right, so here's what they do. You take Tajay Spears on day three. You choose either him or Rashad Penny to start the season. The other guy literally does not take a carry unless the <laughs> first guy gets injured. If you get to the playoffs, you have both of them. Otherwise, you cover yourself that way. I mean, it eh, sounds like a good plan to me, Howie. I'm uh, sold. You're well. You're welcome for that. All right, who are who, which of those other running backs uh, do you like other than Tajay yeah, Spears? Yeah, so I have I
2: have A. Shane and Charbonnet both ranked above uh, uh, Spears. Charbonnet only slightly. A. Shane by a little bit a shane's got gas man i mean he's he he this is like a an all-state sprinter in high school this is a guy who you know people thought was gonna run the four threes potentially push for the record like a, a shane's a a walk walking home run and then he's weirdly good between the tackles right he's he's much better tackle breaker and tempo on the tackles and running running among the trees than you would expect for a player of that profile and so he's got the look of a complete back it's just Usually you don't see guys coming in his size actually be bell cow players. You have to be a little bit bigger. Um, but in terms of like if you're, if again, you're trying to add speed, add a danger threat, yeah. add, add a, a potential return threat too. Like AJ's a great pick. Charbonnet's a lot of fun. And then uh, I like Eric Gray out of Oklahoma quite a bit as well, who's a very highly ranked recruit. He was at Tennessee for a while, transferred to Oklahoma. Great stop start ability, uh, a great size, excellent build, has pass catching chops. Like He's a very good rotational
1: back. Okay. There you go. I, I didn't love a Charbonnet. I thought he was okay. Uh, if you're talking about my type, uh, he was not exactly my type. But listen, I, he could be the offensive rookie of the year next year. What do I know? I sat down and watched film with him for one day. All right. My day three wide receiver. Now, I haven't watched all the day three wide receivers, but this was a player that I really liked. Actually, no, not day three. This, this is a day two, I think, uh, player. Do you, do you have a guess? Do you want to guess? Day two Everybody. wide receiver. The, the
2: the player de jour right now, the player that everybody's excited Uh-oh, about. oh, is this going to be me? Is Jonathan Mingo. He's that's the, the wide that's him. All of this. I yeah. like Jonathan That's everybody's boy right
1: now. Oh, he is. Okay, see, I didn't yeah. know that. I usually don't like to go with the crowd. I like Jonathan Mingo a lot. I was watching him going, why is he not thought of uh, more highly? He's 6'2, 220 wide receiver from Ole, Smith, Ole Miss. Not crazy production, 51 catches mm-hmm. for 861. Uh, last year but uh, explosive player averaged 15.7 yards per reception for his career had 10 catches of 30 plus yards last year Uh, big strong ran 446 can make highlight level catches uh, plays big can run good releases at the line of scrimmage Uh, film shows contested catches yards after the catch toughness speed I thought he was a very complete wide receiver who I wish he had like you know Eleven hundred yards last year. Then I would be really excited because I don't love it when a guy's not like super productive at college and then I'm expecting him to be super productive uh, in the NFL. But I did mm-hmm. like his film uh, quite a bit. You, your, your facial expressions tell me you're not quite as high on a Jonathan Minka.
2: I think he's a jag. I think I think he's mm. he's here's a actually that's like a little bit unfair. He uh, I think he's a jag in a regular class. In this class, which has no big receivers, he's kind of not a Jag because there's only like three guys who are large and he's one of them. And so I I understand a little bit of a premium, a little bit of of a bump there. I did not watch a player and see the requisite uh, twitch, the requisite quickness in, in routes to separate consistently at the NFL level. You can... It'll work in the old Miss offense. It'll work great when you got Lane Kiffin on the joysticks. It's a fun offense. It, I love yeah, that it's offense. A, it's a great offense. And it's been really good at opening up a lot of receivers for a long time. And some of those guys have been really good in the league, right? Like A.J. Brown, you know, D.K. Metcalf. It's not it's not like it's like always a honey trap there. But in general, to me, it's 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 tough to put too much stock in when he gets these like free releases. feels like eight yards off coverage. And then, you know, he kind of you know has build up speed afterwards to run away from guys. I don't think he's a consistent NFL separator. And accordingly, now we're working with a guy who's just like going to be a contested catch player on the outside. And in this class, I have a few of those guys. I have Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. I have Rasheed Rice out of SMU. I have players who can do that for me. Deltavian Wicks out of, out of Virginia. I, I can't get all the way there on Mingo. I understand why people are there, though, because the testing numbers are good. And he does have that thing that nobody else in this class has, or very few people in this class have, which is size. So I get it. I just, I'm, I'm not willing to get as far, as far, as far down the road. Somebody was trying to sell me on Jonathan Mingo end of the first round the other day. And I was like, what are we doing? We got to chill. We got to, we got to stop drinking the Kool-Aid here.
1: All right. There you go. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break. I said we ended the first segment. I want to get to the break, build up the hype, come back and get Cliff. Big draft take. And then we will get to your mailbag questions. We'll be right back.
3: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games,
0: Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
1: All right. We are back on the Ringers. Billy, special Cliff. Get in here. You say you, you got up at six. You hit the gym. You had your breakfast. You did some draft work. You settled on a guy you want the Philadelphia Eagles to land in. By the way, what, what did we do at the gym today? What was today, a little, little back work? Oh, today was some shoulder
3: work. We did some shoulder okay. work today. We try to get the shoulders broad for the summertime. You know what I mean? Once we get the t-shirts right. out, you gotta get the shoulders right, the arms right, so we look good.
1: There you go. We got a little shoulder press, a lat
3: raise. What's, yeah, our, what's our shoulder some, routine? Yeah, we got some shoulder presses. We got some lat raises. We got some rear <laughs> delt stuff going uh, on today. We had some, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we did it all today. We did it all today. Today was a good shoulder pump. Today was a good shoulder I, pump.
1: I love it. All right. Who do we got? I built it
3: up. Right. I took right. the
1: break, the anticipation, the hype. I'm excited. This is my most exciting
3: podcast moment of the month, maybe. I think number 10 is easy. I think this is super easy. Ooh. Take I love it. running back, B. John Robinson, yeah. out of Texas, <laughs> at <laughs> number 10. Take, <laughs> out, take <laughs> it. Take it. Take him. I'm all, oh. I'm all in. And you know why? Yes. You know why? You know why I'm all in? Because my favorite defensive player that I do want is Jalen Carter. And he could possibly fall to 10 because of all the uh, you know off-the-field stuff or whatever happened to him after the you know, obviously Georgia won the second championship and the incident and you know him gaining weight at the combine and everything. But give me B. John Robinson. I've been looking at the tape, oh. drawing comps <laughs> to Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. The dude is elusive as hell, he hits the hole. He's he, no nonsense. He, he dodges tacklers that try to dive at his legs because he's so strong. He's six foot, 220, shifty, strong, <laughs> powerful. Imagine that. Yeah, run buddy. Game. Imagine that run game behind that. Oh, for, first of all, y'all know he didn't even have an O line in Texas. Texas had one of the worst O lines in the Big 12. And, and on top of that, like this dude was a monster behind that. A thousand yards in two seasons. I think the first season, uh, he was like 800 yards. He's about 300 receiving yards per season at Texas. Those final two years, even though the receptions were pretty low, the dude can play in the slot. Like, I, I think this is a home. No, I'm I shocked. Think, I, I Listen, I think, I literally think the offense would be unstoppable. Who, how, how do you not yes. score every, damn near every drive with B.J. Robinson as your running back? You have yes. Devontae. You have A.J. Brown. You have Dallas Goddard. I don't even know who's in the slot. Is it Quez still? Is Quez still going to be in the slot? Does it even matter? Like, how do you stop that <laughs> offense? Op- Jeez, Quez like, catches a stray. Oh, my God. The <laughs> option, the, isn't the read option, isn't that going to be, un, like, it's going to be unstoppable. They will score every single drive behind that O-line. Take Bijan John Robinson at 10. I don't care what people say about the running backs, wear and tear. I don't care about oh you know you know the first round pick number ten running back like how long do they last they're going to get hurt bro anyone can get hurt an old lineman can tear his ACL by getting undercut by somebody Jalen Carter can do a weird move and end up like Chase Young like it it, it doesn't matter anyone can get hurt take Bijan Robinson at ten Howie if you're listening please get, <laughs> get Bijan to Philly okay.
2: <laughs> Blef, blef, the record. For points per game by a team in an NFL season, it's the Los Angeles Rams with 38.8 <laughs> points per game yeah. in 1950. Over under 38.5 points per game for the Philadelphia Eagles if they draft B. John Robinson.
3: Under. Uh, 38 points. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of points. Clem was like, like, let's be reasonable. Let's yeah, be reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Under Think 38. 8. Averaging, averaging 38 per game in the NFL is crazy. Like Even with how high-powered the offices are and how much the game is tailored to the offense, I mean, damn. thirty How much... Ben, do you know if the top how much Eagles averaged last year with Miles Sanders? Probably
2: like just a skosh under 30. Like
3: Yeah, like I, I just, I mean, I think that's very hard to do, but I feel like you would get an 1,000 yard rusher immediately with be, John. He probably gets about 200 receiving yards, give or take. He's somewhat decent at blocking. They said he has to work on it. But look, if you're drawing comps to Saquon and Christian McCaffrey, like tied into one. Give me that guy. He ran a four, four forty. The dude is solid. He's great. Shifty. Like give me him. I want him all day. I think 28.1 be...
2: was the answer. Yeah, so like... Bijan would just have to add 10 points per game.
3: <laughs> right, right. He, no has problem. 10, <laughs> he has 10 points of reduction to the offense. Like the offense will be, the defense will never be on the field. The offense will be unstoppable. You wouldn't need to draft, you know, another linebacker or whatever. We can hold out on the later in that 30 pick to get a safety. Hopefully Brian Branch is there. Take Bijan at 10, please take him at 10. Amazing. I thought you
1: were going to go Jalen Carter, or Christian Gonzalez. I thought I, I like two. both of them.
3: I do like yeah. both of them though. Yeah, I, I do like yeah. Christian Gonzalez's size for a DB. And I do like, I mean, Jalen, like Ben said, Jalen Carter had the best film of anyone, you know, in this draft class. He's, he's a dog like everybody. No, no pun intended. He's literally a dog. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, look, man, I, I, I love offense. I don't know about y'all. I love offense. That was amazing. Yeah, I love offense. And I just think, Hurts Bijan Robinson in the backfield. Oh my God! I'm just thinking of so much stuff that could happen right now. Give me Bijan. Give me Bijan Robinson, please.
1: please. I love it. We've we've had our we've Ben and I have shared our Bijan takes on like three previous pods in a row. So we don't need to get into the whole discussion here, but uh, I hear the excitement in your voice, uh, the fun, especially what would be most fun for 2023, man, I would love to be sitting here every Thursday, 10, talking about what Bijan Robinson uh, did on film here. I would not personally do that because of, because of the discussions uh, we've had previously, but I understand why people would, why Cliff others would want him. Would Can want I to do expand that. a
3: question real quick of the, yeah. the player that? count for Bijan? is Saquon and Christian McCaffrey accurate? I mean like short sure. It's like tied into, it's, tied, but obviously not to that level. I get it. Like Saquon right. and Christian McCaffrey were both monsters in college and pretty solid in the pros when they're healthy. But you know what yeah, I mean though.
2: Yeah, it's 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 very rich. The thing is like when you say Saquon and McCaffrey tied together, you're 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 basically trying to say like Saquon with more elusiveness, like Saquon with more as a pass catcher, which right. like Bijan's definitely got more elusiveness and more a uh, 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 quickness pass catcher, right? He has those traits. I think that that it creates unrealistic expectations for what he can be in the NFL level. Like I comped to him to Matt Forte, and people are like, Matt Forte is bad. I'm like, okay. Firstly, Matt Forte is good, so you all need to relax. <laughs> Secondly, like that's more like Matt. Forte you're not taking regular. Matt. Fo-
1: you're you're not taking Matt Forte at ten at in 2023 though.
2: He was regularly just consistently producing a thousand yard seasons with like four hundred plus receiving yards season over season over season. Presumably, the team that takes Bijan is going to do. Uh, is going to give him like more volume and is going like, to use him in more explosive senses. We'll see. I mean, like I, I Bijan and the Eagles, I would love. I would be so happy. It'd be so much fun to watch him. I'd be flabbergasted if they took him at 10 overall.
1: Yeah. I told WIP when I did my hit with them earlier this week that if they take Bijan at 10, I'll buy the whole new morning crew uh, breakfast. I'll cater it. I'll bring it on down to the studio. That would shock me with Howie Roseman. But hey, I've been shocked before. So anything can happen. All right. Cliff, that was amazing. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I waited till after the break. That lived up uh, to the hype. I was. Stunned. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I was blind. So yeah, I, did. I didn't see it coming either. That was awesome. All right, let's get to some listener questions. Cody asks, "What effect will the Eagles having a surplus of picks next year have on Howie's strategy in this year's draft? And if Howie does trade down from ten, a few spots, who are the likeliest targets?" So. Uh, the answer to this is the Eagles have 12 projected picks. Shout out Jimmy Kemski who tracks all this and is the comp pick King. Uh, Eagles have 12 projected picks in 2024, including five in the first three rounds. They've got a second rounder from the saints and a comp pick in the third. So how does it affect this year's draft? I mean, if they want to be aggressive, they can dip into the 2024 pool if they want to. If they want to make a move at really any point in the draft and say, "Hey, we will give you this 2024 pick," we want to move here. Uh, they are able to do that, so I think that's the the short answer of it. Uh, the second part of this was interesting, Ben. Who do you think they trade down from ten? He says a few spots. So let's say they go no lower than they're that fifth, no lower than like 15 to 17. No lower than 17. Who are some of the players you could see them trading back for, picking up some additional draft capital, and then ending up with player X in that range of the first round?
2: Yeah, to me, small trade back is like they're trying to hit an edge rusher that they don't want to spend 10 on. Nolan Smith is an example. Miles Murphy out of Clemson is an example. Uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, if that's his range. Van Ness's range is really hard to figure out right now. I think
1: you were a little too hard on... Luke, Lucas, where do you have him ranked 400? Where do you have Lucas Van Ness ranked? Let me find in? him real quick. Everybody loves your reaction to Lucas Van Ness. I thought, no, I'm not like in love with Lucas Van Ness, but uh, certainly has the NFL body. I have 66. Uh, 66. Okay. He's got power. He's got, I mean, he's mostly intrigued me as an interior pass rusher. Like, I'm not telling you he's Michael Bennett, but like a Michael Bennett esque. Role where if you need like a big D end who can then slide inside as an interior pass rusher in passing downs uh, I could see him being that so uh, I actually think he has probably a little more uh, more upside than we probably gave him credit for when we talked about him previously I mean all uh, just the size that was me you the size the speed (laughs) the agility uh, the size again I'm not telling you I want them to take him at number ten. But I thought, uh, you know, he, he could knock a lineman over with his strength. He had interior pass rush. The long arm was his go-to move, maybe his only move, as you alluded to uh, in, our, uh, in our previous pod. But uh, I didn't think he, like, I, I could see him. I could see teams saying, all right, this is a first-round prospect who we like with, with some upside. But you're not there. So,
2: home. like, I mean, so like, are you going to take him at 10?
1: No, I, w- I would not no. want to take him at 10.
2: Would you, would you like to take him at a 30?
1: Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, thirty. I yeah. think I would be perfectly fine taking him at So 30. I
2: can't. I can't remember if I said this on that show precisely. Eagles take Van Ness at thirty. I'm not. Oh, I'm not like losing it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm like, I, 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 to me, I don't particularly love the the player's profile. And I think there's other guys in this class who have similar, like you know, big size, and they could be you know, like outside rushers. Like I'd rather take a Adibare, a right? I talking about Adibare right? just because I think that there's more athletically there than there is with, with Van Ness. But like, I'm not going to be crazy about it. That's the thing is like. It's not a very good class. I think like like I watched Van Ness's film because Van Ness was getting ranked top 10 by guys like in January and I watched and I was like, what are we talking about? Having like, you know, like like having him at, at like, you know, okay premium position, good athlete, young guy, ton of developmental potential at the end of the first round. Like that's pretty standard operating procedure, especially not a great class. So that that to me is not 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 a bridge too far.
1: Okay, there you go. All right, I interrupted you. You were talking about trade back prospects. You said Nolan Smith, yeah. uh, and, and who else is in that group for you? And sort of the the teens there, if they move back a little, yeah.
2: bit. yeah. So I said if they if they move back, I would guess it's for an edge Smith, Murphy, Van Ness, some of the names that I dropped there. They could be trying to get to the top of that corner run, like I said, right? And they could be looking to make a Joey Porter Jr. pick, making a Deontay Banks pick, taking a, a corner in that range. I I think if they're trading back, they're not getting offensive line. Every in, in, in sports betting markets right now, like you go check Fandle, every single offensive lineman is taking money to the over, which is not how but aren't offensive linemen are. these betting markets
1: me. always wrong though, this far out of the draft? Like, is, don't we learn that every year or am I wrong about that? N- n- no. I feel like we learn that. No. Okay.
2: So, like, in, in a market as large as the draft with as, as, as many different outcomes, Overall, the draft market will have some spaces in which they are egregiously wrong, right? Like there will always be some instances like like at this time, you know, like, like two weeks before the draft last year, Trayvon Walker was like plus 400 to be the first overall pick, right? And like that was completely wrong and it got Sportsbooks absolutely hammered and they have posted far fewer draft props this year than they did last year because they got hammered last year, whatever. In general though, like a good barometer for what's being leaked out of the league is how, how these lines move. Right. So so like Paris Johnson has been getting the offensive tackle of Ohio State has been getting money to the under to him, like, you know, being drafted earlier than expected. Same is true of Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Same is true of Broderick Jones who a couple weeks ago got money to the under. Right. Like you've just seen a lot of guys get bet down at offensive tackle, which implies that that the league is going to take these guys earlier than we think. Could Skoronsky still end up going over his final draft odds on FanDuel? Yes. But I don't think that means the market was wrong. I think it means that the market tried to get to a a, a point of correction and then inevitably over under nine and a half is either going to be over or under like, you know, it's it's um. I don't, I don't think it's it's that they're super wrong. I just think it's that it's okay. such a large market that like something's going to hit. It's that's inevitable.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I almost feel like a team that would trade up to 10 for them, as I've talked about before would probably want to do so for one of those offensive tackles unless a quarterback slips uh, or something so yeah Nolan Smith was the guy I wrote down that I feel like if they if they trade back and they feel like a guy might still be there in the teens, uh, he would be a guy I would you know I would potentially think who would be on their radar all right Sumith asks, I says, I see 3 players I would consider likely to play more than 60% of the snaps for the Eagles next year. Jalen Carter, Bijan Robinson, and Brian Branch. Oh, that's those are those are Cliff's 3 guys there. Are there any other players you and Ben would consider likely to make an immediate impact? Uh, what do you think? Well, there's this question that's big among Eagles fans right now in the market about like balancing a guy who's going to be able to help you right away win a Super Bowl in 2023 when you're one of the, what, two or three favorites in the NFC versus just Mm. taking a player for the long term. So who are are there more guys who you think could help you right away in 2023 than the three he mentions, Jalen Carter, Deshaun Robinson, and Brian Branch?
2: I think there's other defensive tackles that can get on the field and be impactful early. Uh, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, uh, Gervin Dexter out of Florida uh Brian Breeze out of Clemson and then Mozzie Smith out of Michigan I think are all guys who are good enough to get on the field for you and play a meaningful number of snaps I would say in the event that the Eagles take an early linebacker which we don't talk about a lot but like I think Drew Sanders out of Arkansas is a great pick at 30 I think he starts Mm. like it it, somebody's got to start it's linebacker yeah. you're taking you him in the first if the eagles take a linebacker yeah. in
1: the first round he is starting the coaches will not have a say in that howie roseman will literally put the guy uh on the field
2: <laughs> yeah so to me like there's there's that aspect of things uh are the eagles gonna take a linebacker that early i don't know but like no. they could very reasonably take a linebacker a second round early third round have that guy then contribute so like i said i like a drew sanders at arkansas I'm not a huge jack campbell out of iowa fan Trent simpson out of clemson is fine uh, Dayan Henley out of Washington State is interesting. Henry Tohto out of Alabama cannot play. Noah Suwa out of Oregon cannot play. This has been the linebacker class with Ben. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so we'll see. I think any one of those guys can get on the field and can be impactful. And then the other thing is just if you're, you're at your five skill positions, if you have running back and then Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and X, there's still a chance that they draft X early enough and he's good enough that he gets on the field. Not guaranteed that that's the case we talked about this a lot i want to say on a previous show um but it, there's still i think a decent shot that they take a player there that's better than quez if it's a wide receiver better than jack soul if he's a tight end and then he's playing like 35 percent of the snaps at least like I mean, that guy's impactful as well
1: Yeah, if it's a tight end, it's going to be a lower number just because there's only so much 12 personnel uh, you can play. If it's a wide receiver, like you mentioned, I think they would like to upgrade from Quez Watkins, whether that's when you do that. We've talked about that. You don't want to spend a big resource on that because the guy's not going to get a lot of targets. That guy would play more than 60%. By the way, offensive linemen, if it's somebody who can play right guard and is eventually a tackle, uh, I don't think you're you're not just handing right guard over to Cam Juergens. Like if you took... Garonsky in the first round, in my opinion, he would have a better chance of being the starter than Cam Jerkins. Where are you with whether so Paris Johnson played one season at guard and then played left tackle for Ohio State. He is a monster of a man. Like, is he somebody who could play guard in the NFL or is that ridiculous because of just just how big he is? I think he's
2: so big that it would be tough, like I which sounds dumb. Um but No,
1: I understand for, it. I yeah. kind of was leaning that way.
2: Yeah. You're just not getting your money's worth for his length if you put him on the inside, number one. And then number two is uh, you know, I he's not he's built a little bit high cut, he's built a little bit upright, and so he's gonna lose to guys in the interior who just have a lot of power and get underneath him, right? I, I I tend to like my interior offensive linemen in short, squatty, thick, and that's not Paris Johnson, he's the opposite of that. Um could stout make it work, yeah. But again, I'm not sure getting your money's worth. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure the return on investment's worth it.
1: And then the sleeper to this question is cornerback. Ben, I have, as we've like had a little break from the off season and the moves they made, uh, I am less enthused about what they did at the cornerback position. I don't love it. And I think it could end up really biting them. Let me give you some numbers. Why? List of cornerbacks last year, that played at least 500 snaps at age 32 or older. Ready for it? This okay. is going to take a while.
2: It's it, it, oh, it's going to take a while. I mean like oh, I thought I was going to be able to guess them all, but maybe not.
1: Well, no, that might have been a joke. Okay. So, Slay, <laughs> Slay,
2: Bradbury, Slay Bradbury, and Pat Pete were the first 3 that came to mind.
1: Well, neither Slay and Bradbury were not 32 yet last year.
2: Oh, at least 32. I heard at least 30. Yeah. I apologize. No. Uh, so definitely Pat Pete.
1: We're done here. We're done here. Patrick Peterson. I feel
2: great. I I feel like that was an
1: absolute win. (laughs) Good job by you. One cornerback in the NFL last year uh, played at least 500 snaps at age 32 or older. It was Patrick Peterson. Darius Slay will be 32 uh, this year. Uh, At age 30 or older, which is what you thought I said initially, there were seven corners in the entire NFL, I don't know if you feel like guessing these corners uh, or not, uh, who were age 30 or older, who played at least 500 snaps last year. You already said two of them. Actually, one was Slay. The other was Patrick Peterson. Any, any others come to mind?
2: I'm trying to think. It's very hard to remember how old people are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <David> <laughs> Howard's not up there Once yet. Once you get to my age, you know how old every, every player is. You're like, Can we, let's get some old guys sticking around. Uh, David right.
2: Howard's not up there yet. DJ Reed's not up there yet okay say them but i'm gonna get mad when you say them
1: stefan gilmore obviously troy hill i'm fine with that one bradley Roby, Well, that one surprised me a little bit i didn't know Whoa, he oh i didn't know Roby got yeah. that many snaps yeah bryce callahan and k1 williams those those are two slot k1, k-1 are...
2: williams is that old yeah Jeez. yeah so I seven co- at Twenty-seven.
1: He has a young, that's a young name. k Williams. You know? It is. Like, he plays That a like young should man. Never He's out 30, there shooting.
2: <laughs> so Mike Hillen did seven
1: they? Seven corners in the entire NFL, age 30 or older, played 500 snaps last year. So Mike just Hillen likely, is
2: younger than k Williams. This is unbelievable.
1: We're breaking ground this is, here. This is only something uh, nerds like us would even be having a discussion about. I don't think that discussion has literally been had anywhere else in the world until just now. So avante maddox by the way has missed 15 games in the last three years so the point is cornerback is a position where guys fall off quickly where guys get injured quickly and i feel like if i'm looking at what could kind of doom the Eagles, not doom the eagles because they're still going to be really good but a problem area for them in 2023 i could see it being cornerback so if you draft someone like a christian gonzalez like There's probably, you know, you look at it and say, wait, he's the fourth corner. Why are you using the 10th pick on a fourth corner? Like he's probably going to get on the field in some capacity uh, as a rookie. And obviously, it's a long term need. So I just wanted to include corner in that discussion. All right. Ethan asks if we go offensive tackle at 10, who would you prefer? Am I off base by being underwhelmed by the top of the class? I assume he means Paris Johnson and Peter Skaransky there. He says, where I'd want to take a swing on Broderick Jones's potential with the faith of Stoutland. Where are you on those three players? Paris Johnson tackle Ohio State. Broderick Jones tackle from Georgia. Peter mm-hmm. Skaranski. Skaronski tackle slash guard slash maybe center from Northwestern. Yeah. How do you feel about those three players?
2: With you, with on a little Paris Johnson skepticism, I have him. He's my offensive tackle four. I just think that there's some there's some balance concerns. You know, there's some. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, he lost to Van Ness. Uh, he lost to another guy whose name I'm forgetting at this time, out of Michigan, Mike Morris. Uh, so he had he had, a, yeah, against NFL players. I think he had some issues. You know, anchoring against power and such. Still first round player, but like a little bit like Evan Neal, reminiscent right. And you saw Neal kind of struggle a little bit this this rookie year for the Giants. Skaronsky's the man. You're crazy. Uh, Skaronsky's awesome. His film is so good. Wait, I'm why are you day. saying
1: me? I'm just telling you who the three tackles were. I'm, I didn't give any of my opinions. I'm, ta- I'm, talking,
2: I'm, talking, I'm talking to the asker. I'm talking to the question. Oh, the, the guy. Man. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan, that's direct, the <laughs> <to, you're, laughs> director. You're, out, you're outside your melon. All right. You're off the reservation. Skaronsky's awesome. To be no.
1: clear, to be clear, he didn't name names. He said he's underwhelmed by the top of the class. So mm-hmm. I'm putting Skoronsky okay. words in his mouth.
2: Yeah. And then Broderick Jones... I fully get where, where Ethan's at on Broderick Jones. For my comp for Broderick Jones, I wrote down, to run Armstead, parentheses, too rich of a comp, sorry, and parentheses. Because, like, you watch him, you're like, oh, this guy's an elite tackle. His movement skills are amazing. He's got so much power. He's just not there yet, so who am I supposed to comp him to? But, it, like, a, a Broderick Jones hit is going to be a really, really good player for a while. He's, I think, of the tackles, I would say he's probably highest ceiling, which is kind of a dumb thing to say about tackles um but he's got he's got really really nice movement skills very very good potential um so i i i am very tempted by broderick jones as well i take skronsky before him and then i take darnell Wright, the tackle out of tennessee before him cuz he's awesome too um but altogether great top of the tackle class the second and third tier of tackles man sucks. like it, this is oh, not man. a good tackle class outside of the top you get to you get past Juan Jones out of Ohio State, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, both whom I think could be first rounders, and then Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. Once you get past them, it's, it's wasteland, man. I mean, it's, it's slim pickings. And So if the Eagles want to go developmental tackle, this might be a hard class to do it because there's just so few guys that are worthy of that swing late.
1: Yeah, I, I do not grind the film on the offensive lineman. My opinions are based on uh research and listening to the people who know you're missing such you're missing things. out
2: on some good film. Love some off the
1: table film. I think these are all good prospects. I mean, Parrish jo- Johnson, six foot six, three thirteen, crazy long arms, uh 26 straight starts the last two seasons, was durable, 13 starts at right guard, 13 at left tackle, allowed two sacks in the last two seasons on over 900 snaps penalized just once last year said to be a high character prospect like if paris johnson's there at 10 and they don't move back and they don't you don't see something uh, i could see them just sitting there and taking paris johnson jr uh, broderick jones you mentioned six foot five three eleven long arms uh he's more of an athlete excellent athlete like you said the the highlight blocks devastating run blocker on the move did not give up a sack last year zero holding penalties And one false start in his career per Dane Brugler. I think he fits the bill of a guy who's gonna certainly go middle of the first round. And then Skaronsky, now with Skaronsky, he's six foot four, three thirteen with thirty-two and a quarter inch arms. He started every game in college at left tackle, thirty-three starts at left tackle. NFL. Are you playing him at left tackle? Is he guard only for you? Because I think that is like a huge question. If you're a team like the Eagles and you're at 10, and you're like, we love Skaronsky, the player, but where you know where can he play for us? You have to debate guard versus uh, having that upside to play tackle if someone gets injured. So where are you with Skoronsky and where he plays in the NFL?
2: It's the classic try him at tackle. See what happens. We've got to kick him to guard. We'll kick him to guard. Uh, I think that players have gotten better and better and better at working an offensive tackle with lesser and lesser lesser uh length that's I also agree. yeah that's also a function of the fact that edge rusher is getting smaller right like nolan smith plays on the edge edges are just not as big as they were previously which Means they're not as long as they were previously which Means you don't need your tackles to be as long as you did previously to handle the edges of that era also he's just good just watch him play I, I, I like Skaronsky as a left tackle. I like him as a, as, a, as a right tackle. I like him as a what's more tackle than tackle. I'm fine with him. And then if, okay, if it really doesn't work, if he's struggling with length the NFL level, kick him into guard. And he gets, like, Glenn Zerline's comp from him is Zach Morton. So if you got to kick him to guard, there's a chance he got a really good guard. I mean, that's that's a hefty comp for an interior player. Uh, Skaronsky's film is, is is clean as a whistle. Man, I think he's great.
1: Okay, so if Skaransky's there at 10 and the Eagles take Skoronsky, is that a great pick? Are you in on that? Because I don't think we've talked they, about that scenario.
2: Yeah, I think if they do, and there's been a lot of connections to that in the rumor mill, uh, uh, offensive line has become a favorite for the Eagles' first drafted position on Fanduel. I don't know if it currently is. I know it was a few days ago. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of gas for Philly and, and Skoronsky. I think it, they've got a great player in the building, and I like the pick for that reason. I'm curious how he's getting on the field. And when I pick a player at 10, I like for him to be on the field. Uh, I would imagine that they're considering him a, an immediate left guard player with the potential to kick out the tackle uh, at whenever Lane retires or if they have injuries or whatever. It's a solid plan. I, I like it. I, w- I, I think that, that that's that's legitimate if they feel good about that guard to tackle transition, which again, like when we talk about it in a vacuum, like, OK, like, that can be challenging for guys to the inside that's the thing. We talk about it in the context of Jeff Stoutland. Yeah, we get it done. (laughs) It feels feels like it's achievable. I agree. Yeah. I think right now, like if you if you if you took me into the future and you said the Eagles make the pick at 10, who do they take? I would say Peter Skronsky. But mm -hmm. like that's that's like 20%, and then it's like 19% Jalen Carter, and it's like 18% Christian Gonzalez. It is an extremely challenging top five and top ten to figure out this year. So I would I would if I had to pick a name water gun to my head, I'm picking Skronsky. I would like to be known, it's eight days out. I would not like to pick a name at this time. I would not even like to pick a they stay or trade back at this time. (laughs) I got nothing.
1: Yeah, I was initially like, eh, on Skaronski, And then the more I thought about it, I'm with you. If you have a conversation with Stoutland and he says, no, don't, if this guy, if we need him to play tackle, he's going to be a really good tackle for us. I think that pick could make a lot of sense. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. per Dane Brugler, uh, 800... they over 830 snaps allowed six or fewer pressures only, uh, offensive tackle in college last year, but I don't know how he got to those numbers, but the point is he, did, his film is very good. Uh, very good athlete gave up one sack all of last year. And so if this is someone who can come in and play high level, you feel he can play high level, right guard for you right away. Now you get deeper because Cam Jergens, uh, you know, is, is your first backup there. And you feel like, by the way, if Lane Johnson or Jordan Milata goes down, he can play tackle for you. Like, that's a very valuable player. I mean, those guys could easily get injured and you don't really have a backup tackle who you love right now. So now you have Juergens and Driscoll uh, on the bench. You put Skaronski there in the starting lineup. Uh I actually think that pick would make a lot of sense to me. And to your point about sort of the length, I mean, we were having this conversation with Rashawn Slater a couple years ago, weren't we? I mean I was looking at, at, at the Western. measurables. It's it's they're both six four. Uh Slater was three oh four, Skaronsky's three thirteen. And Slater had thirty-three inch arms and Skaronsky's at thirty-two and a quarter. And Slater's one of the best young left tackles, uh, in the NFL. And he was, you know, he was a very good college player. So, uh, yeah, I have moved into the, I would not be opposed to that pick, uh, with Skaronsky there at number 10. If they just feel like, Hey, this is the way the board fell. This is the best available player. I think that would be a perfectly fine use of resources. All right. Two more. Subasish asks, what are the chances the Eagles are going to trade up for one of the top two defensive players? After all, how often are they going to be in the top 10? So this revisits the conversation right. we had at the beginning of the pod. I assume he means Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, unless he has another uh, top two defensive player in his mind. Now, I was looking at your most recent mock draft. How many of these are you going to tweet out between now and draft day? I like it. It's uh, like, whenever yeah, you think of many, a change.
2: Yeah. As many as it takes. No, I mean, I like love it. <laughs> it's. And every so often, I'm like, oh, like, I wonder what I think the first round looks like right now. Because that's I the love thing, it. Is like, yeah. And so and all the time people complain, like, oh, all the content is a mock draft yeah. now, which I, mean, I have a great I have a great niche in the space. I never write a mock draft for content. I exclusively
1: just tweet them out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, what I think guys <laughs> then yell if you want. I'm not making any only- off of this.
1: And I only write a mock draft uh, as a joke piece, which will be on The Ringer on Monday, where I tell you exactly how the first round's going to play out, and I like make fun of some GMs. Oh, both of the mock drafts I've put out to this point
2: have been 100% correct. I've I've never gotten a pick wrong, and I never will. (laughs) That's my guarantee.
1: Uh, All right. So in Ben's precise mock draft that he put out, he had Will Anderson going fifth. And I think the more and more we get uncertainty around the Texans... At two, the more and more likely it seems like Will Anderson, to me, is not going to fall into a range where the Eagles will trade up. However, you've got Jalen Carter, Ben, going seventh, I believe. Who's seventh? Is that the Raiders? I think the Raiders are seventh. Yeah, uh, Raiders are seven. I think if Jalen Carter gets to seven, Eagles are really going to be calling up, uh, what's his name, Ziegler. McDaniels, whoever, Mark Davis, whoever's running that place. I don't know. And they're going to be really aggressive to try to move up. Uh, So I don't know what the chances are, but I think that's the range you're looking at. If Jalen Carter is there at seven ish, I think that's where the Eagles say, hey, let's go up and get him. We can, we can, you know, trade out of 30 if we need additional picks in this draft. Uh, That's how I see it. Now you might be wondering about the compensation, the bill. There's not a lot of moves to like that range of the draft. The Bills were the last one I found in 2018, moved from 12 to seven, and they gave up two second rounders. Now, that would probably be the max because they were doing that for a quarterback in Josh Allen. Uh, And again, they were moving from 12, not from 10. So could you do it by giving up just the 62nd overall pick? Maybe, maybe the 62nd and like a day three pick, maybe. And so if I'm Mm -hmm. the Eagles, that is a deal. Uh, I would do. Where do, where would you stand on a deal like that for Jalen Carter? Sure, you can't get there.
2: I'm. I just. I. I I'm. Yeah. I'm very reticent for the trade up. I don't. I don't like the trade up when you have. Like I know they have a lot of picks, and so okay. I guess the I nerds mind have it. gotten to you. Say yeah. the nerd, The I wouldn't mind, nerds it. Have I to mind you. it. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. They have a lot of picks. They have a lot of picks. They can indulge. Carter's very very good. I disagree that Will Anderson is unlikely. Is like super unlikely to be in trade up range. OK, I, so like t, like in the future in which Will Anderson gets into a trade up range, he's not taken at two by the Texans who have talked about taking him, who have postured as if they're not going to take a quarterback at two. I think that that's a lovely idea. And I think once the owner gets wind of it, that idea is going to die. I think the Texans are getting a quarterback. At two, the only way they're not is if they're getting a quarterback through other means. There's been Trey Lance trade rumors. there have been Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I was going to you know, say, whatever. we just yeah.
1: talked about on the Ringer NFL show. Would the Texans take, take Will Anderson and then trade for Trey no. Lance? Maybe. You better do trade for Trey Lance
2: first. Because if you do it second, <laughs> the Niners have got you by the throat. <laughs> now, okay, now Will Anderson's got to dodge the Cardinals at three. From what I understand, from what I've been told, from what's been reported, from what's been uh, rumored, the Cardinals like Tyree Wilson better than Will Anderson. I don't think the Cardinals are picking Will Anderson at three in, in pretty much any context. So now we get to Seattle at five. This is the one where it's tricky. This is, I, think, I think Will Anderson gets past two and I think it gets past three. It's worth noting at this time Will Anderson's over-under is at three and a half. So if you're doing the math, you can figure out what Ben has bet on. <laughs> Seattle at five. Seattle's in the best spot in the history of the NFL draft. In 100 drafts, Seattle's at five with the potential of like Andy Richardson, Will Anderson, and Jalen Carter, which is like the one of the greatest yeah. developmental prospects of all time at quarterback. Plus, their two biggest needs, defensive tackle and edge rusher, two like elite talents. They're in an amazing spot. I don't know who they take. Uh, I got no no clue on Seattle right now. If Will Anderson were to get past them, which I think, it's, I think they should take Will. But if he does, then he's at six, and now he's in trade-up range. Uh, and so, so I would say that like, I, I wouldn't completely rule out the potential of Will Anderson also being a, a, a trade-up target. And yeah, if they trade up and get a lead defender, at first I'll be like, ah, draft capital. And then I'll go and watch their film again and be like, ah, okay, yeah, I'm happy.
1: Remember, the Eagles organization is usually loved by the nerds, yet the Eagles organization trades up in the draft every year. So maybe they know something we don't know. I don't know. There's got to be some reason for it. Yeah. All right. Last one. Joseph asks, which first round pick could another NFC East team make that would be most worrisome to the Eagles? I don't have your most recent mock, uh, pulled up here, but the commanders pick at 16, the giants pick at 25, the Cowboys pick at 26. Uh, I feel like the commanders, if they get like, I, I, first of all, I don't think any of them would be, I wouldn't describe it as worrisome, but if the commanders get Bijan Robinson at 16 and like you have to play him twice a year and you wanted Bijan Robinson and you ended up picking a, uh, an offensive lineman who's not on the field or something, uh, that might annoy you a little bit, but I don't think that would be the end of the world. I thought maybe, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Cowboys at 26, would at least give them another pass catcher where they become even harder to defend. And Dak Prescott carved you up last year. Nolan Smith, maybe, uh, to the Cowboys if he hits. And now all of a sudden they got Nolan Smith, Micah Parsons Demarcus Marcus Lawrence. Uh, that could be interesting. Deontay Banks. To the Cowboys, if he ends up hitting and being a very good player, again, I wouldn't describe any of those as worrisome. But I think those are some situations where those play- those teams could get good players. Who did I miss? What 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 do you think yeah. when you get this question?
2: I think Michael Mayer to the Cowboys is sick. I think that that's great for Dak. I like a play and great for their offense. Yeah, I think that that that's that's great pick for the Cowboys. Again, am I like? Oh no, the Cowboys have gotten a very good tight end. Probably not. Like, if what in the world in which Washington gets a really good quarterback, I've said I like them as a Lamar team. You know, they're a trade up for the fourth guy, maybe. I think that's like, you know, there's a solid offense outside of the quarterback position. And then defensively, they've had teeth for the last couple of years. Like, it's still the commanders. So, like, but I, I would say, them like, seriously. them getting a, yeah. a quarterback is going to make you reevaluate a little bit. Uh, I think the Giants are a great Quentin Johnston team out of TCU, wide receiver. And also great Drew Sanders team, linebacker Arkansas, I brought up. I would say both of those are really, really great picks for them. Gwynn Johnson especially would round out a wide receiver room that kind of needs a big guy, kind of needs an, an actual X receiver. Uh, and they would have done a, a nice job, I think, of accumulating some weapons. Like, uh, 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 Oh, uh, why can't I remember that? Darren Waller. I just totally lost Waller's name for a second. Getting a Waller, getting a Quentin Johnson, getting Wanda Robinson from last year. like They just have a lot more pass catching chops than they did when we were talking about them this time last year. And that, I think, would benefit Daniel Jones a ton. Uh, And so those are good picks for those teams. And there's not going to be a pick that any one of them can make where I'm like, batting down the hatches, baby. The commanders are coming.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, I missed this question. I didn't prepare for this question. I just saw it. Uh, I can't remember if I sent this one to you or not. But Corey asked, let's finish with this one. The Eagles are on the clock at 10. Both corners. Paris Johnson. Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter are all off the board. What is the best case scenario, not including a trade down? And what would send Ben into a tailspin? Lucas Van Ness. Cough, cough, he says. Now, I he don't named sort of A random group of players here. Now, right, both corners, yeah. Paris Johnson, Nolan Smith, and Jalen Carter. So that's one, two, three, four, five. And we assume at this point, do we assume three quarterbacks are off the board?
2: Uh, I'd say at least
1: probably four probably so. three quarterbacks and then who else uh Will Anderson he didn't mention so let's say Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are also off the board so those are the 10 uh what is the best case scenario for the Eagles there
2: Skaronsky still on the board love a Skoronsky.
1: Skaronsky's on the board yes Broderick Jones Skoronsky. I I would definitely
2: guess that Skoronsky is their pick there especially if they're not allowed to trade back yeah, Van Ness yeah. Would, would, would not be my favorite pick there. I would kind of be upset about that. Yeah. Um, I was looking at my board for other names I'd be upset about, but all these players I have ranked highly. I have to scroll down. Um, yeah, I mean, like I think Van Ness is the, is the nightmare situation. I think Skronsky is a great pick, and it's kind of a good summation of what we talked about on the show to this point.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. As I said before, I think you're, if you're an Eagles fan, like I don't think there's going to be really a huge... I don't know what the the nightmare scenario would be something like moving back and then the board falls a certain way and you end up with like a Marcus Smith-like pick. But really, you could talk yourself into most of these players. So uh, I feel like the likelihood of that is probably pretty low. All right, we will finish with that. We will be back on Monday or Tuesday of next week and we will do our Eagles only seven round mock drafts. That will be a lot of fun. Ben, you're doing like 400 pieces of content. We'll pl- plug for the people. These are your loyal fans. What should they go yeah. watch, read, listen to, whatever?
2: NFL nfldraft.theringer.com is where the draft guide is. Uh, you can find my quarterback charting uh, there. You can also find my, my video breakdowns of the quarterbacks. Big, long scouting reports. Those are in the guide. Those are also uh, on the Ringer's YouTube channel. So just go to the YouTube, so the Ringer. You'll be able to find us. Um, do this podcast. Do the Ringer NFL Draft Show. You should listen to Ring NFL Draft Show. We're about to have the take purge, the greatest episode in podcasting history, where for an hour you're allowed to say any take you want. And you can't be held accountable for it. Delightful, <laughs> delightful content. And then yeah, and then we'll be doing um it'll be on FanDuel TV of the week coming up to the draft. Uh so you can catch that on wherever TV you watch. And then the draft will happen. And then you won't hear from me for a month. And it'll be great.
1: <laughs> on Monday, we'll do extra point take, and I think we'll do what three three predictions. Each of us have for yes. the draft and we NFL will show. go right on the record there on the ringer nfl feed so we'll do that all right thank you to ben solak thank you to cliff augustine best part of the show was him shocking us with bijan robinson being his boy i'll be back tomorrow night doing the sixers post game pod with raheem palmer after game three we'll get those reviews in don't forget about the reviews i haven't badgered you in a while get those reviews oh in. yeah Red, it's got a, hot second we a Badger. Yeah unsubscribe, all that stuff. All right. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Cliff. We'll talk to you soon on the Ringers Billy special.
3: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com
0: prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants.